everybody and welcome to J Nolaism. I am your host Jasmine Nola and here we are back again stuck in the house week seven of quarantine. This is actually like it's getting crazy. It's actually raining outside. It looks really blah. Um, so yeah that's kind of how I'm feeling today. Um, so let's just dive right in. Let's get this party started. So this past week I did a poll on Instagram asking people what topics they wanted me to cover something a little different than my usual pop culture and reality tv things like something different that they wanted to hear and I got a few good ones um so for the time that we are still in this quarantine I'm going to talk about them I'm not going to do them all at once um so for this week I've decided to talk about one that just obviously resonates with me a little more um someone asked about like corona wedding planning and how corona is affecting weddings let me say this this is not me trying to like sound i don't know like i don't want to sound mean i guess not mean it's just like i am so very happy and thankful that i did not plan a wedding for 2020 like i didn't want to and people were kind of pressuring me like how do you not have a date yet all this other stuff being annoying and look who the joke is on I literally hate to say that, but like, I've never been more happy to literally, I just booked my wedding in this February, like right before the screen, literally the last weekend of February, I went to look at my wedding venue and loved it and I booked it. So I'm not getting married till 2020. Thank goodness. Because let me tell you this, kudos to some of you brides, because I, some of you, because I know some of you are like me. So this is to the, some of you that are a little bit more sane there is no way that I would even still have a wedding I just wouldn't because I just know that the way that I am like first of all I would literally raise hell and I know there are more important things going on people are dying whatever but like if I was a bride right now none of that would matter to me that sounds bad but I'm just being honest like the way my mind works it's like when something goes is not on plan with what I've had planned all bets are off everything no one is safe I would literally be like Godzilla in this house right now if my wedding was for 2020. If my wedding was for June 2020. Do you understand what would happen to Robbie, my mother, my my maid of honor, Brittany? She lives in Atlanta. I shouldn't really tell people where she lives, whatever. Um, I would find a plane to go get her that could bring her here to make her do things. FaceTime wouldn't be enough. Shout out to Brittany. We're actually getting on FaceTime um, later today to plan the bridal party. Bachelor, bridal party. The batch, the bachelorette party. Whatever. Anyway. So yeah. So if I was a bride and I had to deal with all this. So like I am. I don't even know how some of you are doing it. I know people have, ch- have had to change their date. And I, I mean I even... Literally, this happened, like, right when I was, like, the contracts were being sent over for my venue. And I, when I was talking to the guy, I was, we, me and my mom were like, how, how is everything, like, working out for you guys? And the, he was like, you know, we're just, like, we've pushed everyone back. But, like, people are getting married on, like, Thursdays and Wednesdays. Like, it's actually insane. And obviously, there's no, no one has control. It's no one's fault. I mean, it's Corona's fault. But uh, beside that, it's no human being's fault. It's just this is life and this is what's happening right now. And we all just kind of have to cope and deal um, I, I don't think I can, I can't even find the words because I, I honestly don't know what, if I was in that position, what I would do if like I had a wedding plan and now one of the dates been changed, people like flights have to be changed. Like it's just a lot of stress. First of all, weddings are already stress. So I'm sure that no one has ever thought that like this would be like you know a biggest a, a bride's like biggest fear is rain not a freaking pandemic taking everybody out and not being able to fly people um to their wedding like that's not on your mind like your mind is like oh I hope it doesn't rain like I hope I don't have to put up a tent like oh I hope like I don't trip or I hope I fit into my dress and I don't get enough weight not like I hope that like this a crazy disease that doesn't sweep the nation, the entire world, and ruin my day. My one day. That's about me. My eye is twitching. 
that's how crazy this is to me. Like, I can't, I, I need to take some coffee. Pause. I literally cannot imagine. I don't know what I, I'm, I'm itching. Like, hives. Hives. I have hives right now. Just thinking if that was me. Um, so, to these brides, I am so sorry. I am so sorry that this happened. I, I know, again, there are bigger things happening. People are dying. People can't even go to funerals. Like, And I guess that's the thing to look at. Like, Obviously, there's a bigger picture here. But what I do hate is I get, like, I've been on this podcast preaching about how we need to stay positive and all that. But I also feel like we cannot take away this from these girls. Like, I cannot take away, I cannot tell you, like, do not be upset. It'll be fine. No, be upset. Cry. Bust open a bottle of champagne, drink it down in five minutes, and sob in your wedding dress. That's what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. Make your fiancé, almost husband, put on his suit. You put on your wedding dress. You put on your makeup. And you put on some Lauren Conrad terrible mascara. And you cry. Play some Carrie Underwood. Actually, two bottles of champagne. Throw them back, girl. You deserve it. I'll send, you know what? I'll send you a bottle. Bottle on me. Because there's no way that you cannot be upset about this. There's no way. This is a girl's bit. Most women, like, this is the thing you wait for for your entire life. And I know, like, I've talked crap about, like, planning a wedding because I just wasn't into it. But now that I have a date, like, if Corona goes into 2021, I don't know what I'll do. Because still, it's a lot of planning. It's already stressed that there's so many moving parts of a wedding that already, like, make you sweat and nervous. And then you do all that. You Think of, first of all, the diet. Huh. You've lost all this weight. To now sit in quarantine with snacks for seven weeks and gain it all back? Uh-uh. I don't think so. Mama worked hard for this. You know, like, think about that, people. Okay, so everyone just be a little bit nicer to brides right now. Have a little bit more sympathy. I understand like in the big scale of things, grandparents are dying and mothers and fathers and kids and that is also sad. But you know, we can just give a few minutes of our day to be like, wow, it really sucks to be a bride right now. If you had a wedding this summer, it does. And it is what it is. So there's nothing wrong with being able to realize both and that brides are allowed to be upset and be brats right now. Doesn't mean they don't understand that this is serious. It doesn't mean that they aren't aware of the bigger picture here. But right now, that's their big picture. That was their big day. They've been, who knows, like, you plan, most likely you plan for a year. Like, you've been, this is taking up your whole year. Not just yours, those poor bridesmaids. They were excited for this day that they would throw on that dress and probably never talk to that friend again. And now it's like, I'm going to talk to this bitch for another da-da-da and hear her complain. Like, okay, my bridesmaids hate me. I don't give a damn. But, you know, I have some sympathy for them. I don't. I don't, actually. Okay, so that's how I feel about corona, how it's affecting brides for this summer. Now, for someone in my situation, I'm not really sure what to do. I mean, I'm actually very lucky with the venue that I've picked. A lot of the things are, like, my flowers are here. My rehearsal dinner will be here. Um, we're staying there. We have lodging. It's very chic. Um, you can't understand that. I'm sorry. But, um... Yeah, so I'm actually really lucky with the venue that I picked that almost everything is there. Like, even my photo booth is, like, through them. Like, I don't have to hire, um, like, a, a another team, like, someone to come in, like, an outside vendor. Like, they have a photo booth there um, and all that stuff. So I know, my, I know who my DJ is. Um, I know who's marrying us. I mean, the biggest thing would be the dresses. I've already really started looking for my bridesmaids' dresses, which isn't hard. I found the guy's suit. I found Robbie's suit. Um, it's all saved in a little folder. I think the hardest part of my wedding will be finding my dress and my mother's dress. But, again, like, that's so much time. So, for me personally, I haven't really had an issue 
with planning things. Like I said, me and my uh, maid of honor are jumping on a call literally like probably as soon as I finish this podcast um, to discuss the bachelorette party um, so we can start planning and pricing things out for girls. So I haven't found an issue with it, but I feel like if you are planning a wedding where there's a different vendor for every certain thing, I can't imagine because one of those vendors are probably so focused on trying to like figure out whatever they've had planned for the future that's now being pushed back that you know they they can't even think of a new wedding right now but they do because they need the money and they need the deposits because you know it's everyone is stressed right now and that's that's the thing I'm trying to stress here like no matter where you are in part of someone's wedding, it is stressful right now during this time because whether you're the owner of the venue, you're the party planner, you're the florist, you're you're the, the, the dressman, whatever. Like, the list goes on of the people that are stressed right now. And then, okay, let's just say, to take it away from the brides, the brides, you're, this is your wedding and this is so big to you. Think about this florist and how many weddings she has that she probably had to figure out. You know what I mean? Like, think about... Like, the, these venues, like, I can't even imagine the stress they are even going through. So, like, let's just piggyback off the brides. You go to the the bridesmaids, the mothers, the fathers that are paying for all of this. And then you just think about, oh, my God, the man who owns the venue, the party planner who has five weddings this summer that have now been pushed back. If she had dates, like, imagine this woman running around. She has a wedding on now. One week, she might have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday weddings. I mean... Thank God she's like in her home and can rest up for these things. But still, so say a prayer for them too. You know what, honey? You get a bottle of champagne. I'm like Oprah. You get a bottle of champagne. You get a bottle of champagne. You get a bottle of champagne. Champagne. I can't even afford my own bottle of champagne. Okay. Send you guys some Prosecco. It's cheaper. That's always funny when people order Prosecco and they don't realize that it's literally just the American version of champagne. Cheap bitches. Gonna sip on that one. All right, let's move on. Let me pull up my phone and my notes because I'm so organized. Oh, let's just keep it rolling on Corona. Okay, Georgia. Georgia is opening. Let me say this. President Trump, I don't like to get political on here, but whatever. These are my feelings. If you don't like it, you can skip through this. He is not the smartest. Whatever. Let me tell you one smart thing he did do. What he did was he said, I'm not going to decide when we're going to open up. I'm going to put it on the states, to put it on these governors. So then it's on you. So then that doesn't fall on him. Smart move, Trump. I like it. I like it. What I don't like is that some of these governors are freaking stupid. So, like Governor Kemp of Georgia. Uh, CNN, do you want essential news delivered to your inbox? No, because I have freaking news alerts on my phone that I get. Thank you. Move on. Okay. So let's read this from CNN. Open, open it up. Open it up. Okay. So CNN says Georgia business owners are conflicted as the state reopens hair salons, gyms, and bowling alleys. First of all, first of all, before I even read this article, hair salons, someone literally in your hair and touching you. No, thank you. Gyms, sweat. First of all, I personally have never. Um, liked like retros or wow workout whatever those are those like big gyms because no one wipes down those come on we know that that equipment's not wiped down they tell you to they don't and like do you think a little spray bottle of like the 20 people that were on one treadmill in a day if they just sprayed at the end of the night that did something it didn't it literally didn't so no I don't want to go to the gym I don't want to bowling alleys people literally share share shoes they share shoes. My feet, first of all, I don't really like going bowling anymore because personally, TMI, but like my feet sweat a lot. I've, you know what I've done? I've bought new socks. Like I don't wear the same socks that I wear in my regular shoes because if I'm wearing them all day, I've most likely, they're sweaty and they smell because Robbie knows this. My feet are this, like, I don't know what it is with perspiration with me, but the way that I sweat is like, it's disgusting. So my feet are just, whew. It's terrible. It took me a minute to get used to my natural deodorant. But anyway, neither here nor there, people. Let's move on. Um, so yeah, if 
you, the, the plus to this is like you bring another pair of socks, you put those socks on, and most likely they're cheap socks, and you throw them out afterwards, and you don't take them home because God knows whose feet were in those shoes. First of all, bowling alleys? Are you people really missing bowling? That's what's on the top of your list. Bowling. Ignorance. Ignorance. Governor Kemp, ignorance. All right, so CNN says, Hairstylist at Salon Gross in Woodstock, Georgia, wore masks and gloves on Friday, maintaining distance by using every other workstation and keeping a supply of sanitizer nearby. Their customers also wore masks and gloves, while other employees disinfected a countertop. Cute. Similar scenes play out across the state. Friday, the first day, Republican Governor Kemp allowed gyms, barbershops, tattoo parlors, and bowling alleys to reopen their doors just a few weeks after he issued a stay-at-home order to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Okay, let me say this. First of all, Atlanta wasn't even closed when, like, Jersey and New York and some other states were closed. They were at least, like, a week or two behind us. So, first of all, you haven't even been closed that long. And you have the nerve to say, we got to open back up. Atlanta is not even that big of a city. New York is doing just fine. We're closed. We're a bigger city than you. We have more going on. We have more to lose. I don't even live in New York anymore. I live in New Jersey. But, you know, you live there once, it's always your home. Anyway, so how that Atlanta, this little city, no shade. I'm not being shady. I'm just being honest. Atlanta, this little city, feels like they have to open up. It's not about that. It's about money. But, again, you're smaller than us. You'll do fine. Eat some shrimp and grits. Fry some fried chicken. Drink sweet tea. And go light a tiki torch. That wasn't you guys, but you're Southern, so you fall in the category. Anyway, what else does this say? Kemp and state officials moved ahead Friday with the plans to reopen some businesses. Even though they had criticism, now the state, along with several others, I think Texas is one of them, is trying to safely navigate relaxing restrictions while keeping residents safe. That's, it's not, you can't open up first of all you're sending out workers so you're not keeping the state safe because now you're sending out workers that don't need to be out they're not essential it's not important so you're sending out someone to do hair first of all let's not act like some hairdressers aren't going around doing hair in people's homes if that's what you want to do and that person lets you in your home that's fine so like hustle right now people hustle figure it out do some lives show people how to curl hair go on youtube i don't know but like right now is not what needs to happen Someone said, CNN goes, the governor's decision pits him against mayors from cities such as Atlanta, Augusta, and Savannah, as well as advice rooted in data model after cited by the White House. Georgia, I'm going to scream this from the rooftops right now, Georgia should not even begin to reopen until June 22nd. Hmm. From the University of Washington. Which assumes states will implement aggression test, aggressive testing. Like, I don't understand why they think it's a good idea. Atlanta mayor. It's like we're living in the twilight zone. No shit, Keisha. Dumbass. I mean, it's not her fault, but like, it's like we're living in the twilight zone. Even though I do say that every day. I say it feels like the apocalypse. But Keisha, please. Honey, we've heard it. It's been, it's week seven. We got it. This is not normal. So, yeah, that's my corona rant for the day. Be nice to people who can't have their weddings and... Governor Kemp is stupid. Okay? All right. Let's move on to something more fun. Let's do the buzz of the week. You know, I when I when I was doing the buzz of the week, I talked about how I was going to get into Carrie Underwood. But then again, I've been talking about how I want to stay positive, and I just don't feel like I should really go into it. But again, I can't keep saying I'm going to do things and not do them. I have to keep myself accountable. So it's, it's, it's weighing really hard on me, and I don't want to be negative. But I think the best thing for me to do is I'm just going to dive into it really quickly it's not going to be something i'm going to spend a lot of time on i'm if if you want to hear more let me know i don't know how we'll do that maybe i'll do a poll on the on the um instagram on the gram like they said um and we'll see so let me just say this quickly i think carrie hunter i and i'm going to say that i assume i don't know this i do know this i don't know this but like i feel it that carrie underwood is in an abusive relationship with her husband why do you ask that I feel that way? Just, you know, 
a lot of her songs, and I get it's country, but just listen deeply to her songs. She has a lot about abusive relationships, about killing men, about keying cars. You know, that one was before her husband, but still, you know, you get you get my gist. Um, Church Bells. If you've never heard that song, please go listen to it. It's very telling. It's just it's very, very telling. It's something I feel deep in my soul that she wrote about her husband. Blown Away. That's another one. Abusive Husband. Just listen to those two songs. She, oh, Black Cat. Every song. She's killing them. Okay? And it's something that I feel like she wants to do. So, a few years ago, Carrie Underwood got into a real accident um, that no one knew about until after she got surgery. But apparently she fell down the stairs. You can't see, but I'm doing air quotes. She fell down the stairs and had to get... Let me bring this up, actually. I think it was 40 stitches. Carrie Underwood... 40 stitches. First close-up selfie after... Yep, here it is, here it is, here it is. Okay. Carrie Underwood shows first close-up selfie after getting stitches. This was 2018, April. Five months after falling and then getting more than 40 stitches on her face, Carrie Underwood is opening up to fans. First with the release of an emotional new song, Cry Pretty. See? And now with her first fill face Instagram selfie since November 10th accident. So you had an accident on November 10th, but we didn't know anything until April. Very telling. It's very telling. The photo posted in support of her husband, Mike Fisher's hockey game, showed off Underwood's still beautiful mug. Who wrote this? This is rude. So she fell. I went to catch myself, and I just missed a step. First of all, that sounds like every abusive relationship. I've watched enough lifetimes to know. And first of all, I fall down the steps all the damn time. I fall up the steps. I fall down the steps. I've never had to have more than 40 stitches. Might have scraped my knee a little bit, but I'm fine. You bleed, you get a Band-Aid, you move on. Anyway, I went to catch myself, and I just missed a step while taking my dog. Now it's the dog's fault. So see, I, there's a dog in this situation. It's not with four legs, I'll tell you that. Underwood told the Bobby Bones, Bobby Bones show in Nashville. Ooh, should I say this in an accent? Underwood told Bobby Brown show in Nashville on Thursday. No, that's terrible. After the freak accident, freak accident, she got stitches around her mouth. Hmm. And didn't know what it was going to heal like. Okay. Again, I didn't, I'm not going to spend long on it. I'm not going to spend a long time on this, but... You take that how you want to take it. It's, I'm not saying this to be funny. Like, I'm actually concerned. Because this is something that I feel, and I talk to everyone about it, and it's dark. And also, look at some photos of her and her husband. Carrie Underwood and her husband. He's not ever, she's never, Carrie Underwood. Before I say this, I want to make sure I'm telling the truth. The smile, it's, it's teeth, but it's forced. Yeah. Like, she looks like she's scared. She's a beautiful woman. I love me some Carrie Underwood. And that's why I hope that I'm just like, I'm imagining things. But he also looks a little cray-cray, like the eyes... Something about his eyes. It's very Scott Peterson. If you don't know who Scott Peterson is, watch that on Lifetime. Again, I love Lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, he beats her, I think. I'd say I, I'm 80% sure. Never met these people a day in my life. Oh, he got some work done. Ooh, Okay. Carrie Underwood, dish, look at this thing I just found. Carrie Underwood dishes on disagreements with husband Mike Fisher. Huh. He got work done. Wow. I'm looking at a photo, and then I'm going to a, a newer photo, and I don't know if that hockey money paid. Well, yeah, but he plays hockey, so he probably had to redo his face, because God knows what happens to that. Okay, let's move on. See, this is why I can't. That's how I feel about Carrie Underwood. Um, again, not to point fingers, it's just how I feel, it's something I take seriously. So anyway, let's get on to better things, happier things, positive things. I'm so sorry, that was dark. Those first three things were kind of dark. I apologize, let's move on. Apologize, huh? Okay, anyway, 
Katherine Schwarzenegger is pregnant. Happy news. Yes. Okay. She is married to Chris Pratt, who went from being a weird, um, chubby, funny guy to, like, hot. So, yeah, good for her. I mean, Katherine Schwarzenegger has so much money. I'm obsessed with her. I've always liked her. I think she's very pretty. She's very smart. Um, I feel like she just has that really good positive energy. Like, I feel like if she, if I was around her, I would just feel spiritually awakened. Yeah. That's how I feel about her. Her and her mother. Also, um, Maria Shriver, I follow her Sunday paper newsletter every Sunday. It gets me through. I'm recording this later, so I'm recording this Sunday morning. I read it this morning. It's... She's just, I get why Katherine Schwarzenegger is the way she is because of her mother. And I think that she'll be an amazing mother. Um, Daily Mail says, Chris Pratt and Katherine Schwarzenegger are reportedly expecting their first child together. The baby news was reported Saturday by People and comes 10 months after the Gardens of the Galaxy star 40 and the daughter of former governor 30 married in an intimate ceremony in Montecito, California. I love the names of California towns and cities. They just sound so cool. Montecito. Ooh. Take sips of coffee. <sighs> Refreshing. The news surfaced as Catherine, who is currently on a virtual book tour for a bestseller, The Gift of Forgiveness. You see what I mean? Like, who thinks about The Gift of Forgiveness? Catherine Schwarzenegger, that's who. Was spotted out walking her dog with her mother, Maria Schreiber, my girl, on Friday, sporting what looked like to be a new baby bump. So, yeah, she's pregnant. I'm really happy for her. I like them as a couple. I think they're very cute. Um, I never thought him an Arif Ferris. Is that her name? I never. Mm, I wasn't for it. They didn't. They didn't mesh well for me. This meshes well better. Um, you know, the beautiful, young, spiritual. She's not hippie, but hippie-ish, with the like funny stud looking guy it works him and Arafat it's too much funny in one it always felt like okay going down a rabbit hole but like Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard they are a funny couple that works for me personally I like that it doesn't feel forced they just complement each other very well but then you have someone like Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher who try very hard I don't find them funny together. I find them funny individually. And that's what I felt with Anna and Chris. They're not, they didn't come off as like a couple together, but like they could be friends, like a funny duo, like they could do a movie. Co-parenting would be fun with one of them, but not a relationship. You know, it's like, who's trying to make the joke land? It's like me and Robbie work because I'm funny and he's, and he has muscles, you know? I'm the brains, he's the beauty. It just, it works that way. You get, you have to compliment each other. If you don't, com but even though Robbie is funny with me, but outside, he knows jokes are my thing. That's meant. Don't step on my thing. You know? He sits, he might giggle a few times, or he has a smug look where, like, he wants to laugh, but he hides it. So that's our relationship. Just to, because I know everybody wanted to know. You were asking. <laughs> no one cares, Jasmine, shut up. Okay, let's move on. I feel like Wendy Williams sipping this coffee. Someone's got to do our job, right? Okay. Oh, this one's a big one. So let's go on from a blessing to a life to an eh of a life, okay? So I did a podcast with my mother. I posted it. Let me, let me tell you when it was. So if you need to go back and listen, it was... Which one was it? Oh my god. Which one? Oh no, don't play. Don't play. Almost played a podcast. Hold on. Sorry. I'm trying to tell you which one to listen to my mother. Was it A plus content? Yes. A plus content, March 30th. Let's go listen to that one. And I talked about Jesse Metcalf and Kara Santana splitting because he cheated. So this week, ooh, that snap. So this week, they were seen together. Going to the grocery store with mask on. What? It's going on. Jesse Metcalf and People Magazine says that Jesse Metcalf and Kara Santana are not back together despite living arrangements. The exes were spotted running errands together in Los Angeles over the weekend. I don't know what's going on. People are losing their minds. People are lonely. 
that's another thing that scares me. Like I, not scares me, but like, I feel like it is easy right now to feel vulnerable, especially if you went from being in a relationship to not, and now you're alone and you might go back to something that you really shouldn't go back to. And he obviously cheated on her with two different women in the same day. It was photographed. Like, what is she thinking? Anyway, people says Jesse Metcalf and Kara Santana may be spending time together during coronavirus outbreak, but that doesn't mean they've rekindled their relationship. But doesn't it? That was my um, throwaway. They didn't have that. The exes were spotted running errands together in Los Angeles over the weekend, leading to speculation about their relationship. But a source tells people this source is most likely Steph Shep. Sorry to call her out, but you know, that's the only source. People that they are not back together and do not plan to re reconcile, adding that they are on civil terms because of and living on same property due to current climate. So they, they're living together? The Desperate Housewives act, actor and the actress fashion blogger got engaged in August 2016, but split in January after more than a decade together. This one always makes me really sad because it's like you think you know a man, but you don't. At the time, a source told people that Santana was surprised by the breakup. She was wearing her ring yesterday, the source close to Santana said. She had no idea that they weren't fine. Along with... Walking around their neighborhood lately also were photographed at a gas station earlier this month. I did not see that gas station photo. What I'm confused about is this happened in January. I mean, you have money. You know, it's not like they're like normal people where like I can understand like it's hard for you to like move out or find a place. But like you, there's no possible reason that you should still be living together. He has enough money. Desperate Housewives is on Hulu. People are watching it. He's getting checks. John Tucker is on TBS like every other weekend. He's Dallas, the reboot of Dallas. It wasn't the greatest, but I think that's on Hulu or Netflix also. He's getting checks. He can move out. Yeah, he doesn't need to be there. He needs to go. So I don't understand. Kara, don't let him fake the funk with you. You know what? Also, they met, I believe, in AA or something. So I don't, I'm not, again, this is nothing that I'm reading. It's not on this. This is just me thinking if he's like using drinking again, cause she seems like a very, um, she seems very like on the right track and she's talked about it before I listened to her. She was on a podcast, the skinny confidential, and she kind of talked about her background and what she went through. And it sounds like she's like, it sounds like she helped him more than he helped her. And I could see, you know, men are very conniving I could see him trying to use that to get back in like he needs help and with this coronavirus he doesn't have anybody again I don't know that that's happening but I could see that being a reason for her to let him in I don't know I don't know any other reason besides maybe she's lonely but go to your parents house I, no don't go to your parents house they're older I don't know don't, don't let him in Kara send him packing let him live on the street who cares let him live in Trader Joe's he has a car doesn't he yeah. You know what also is really telling? Telling. That's my new word this week. Um, when I listened to the podcast she was on, she talked about how they weren't in contact a lot with each other and how um, like he could be gone for the whole day. And like her friends would ask her like, oh, where's Jesse? And she'd be like, oh, I don't know. Hmm. Like, he didn't say. Like, I'm not saying you you need to know exactly me. me. The fact that I'm about to say what, I, what I'm saying when I literally follow Robbie's location. But, you know, that's who I am as a person. But the thing is, is I even though I follow Robbie's location, I don't feel the need to check it. I could, but I don't have to. But also, what does following location mean? Robbie could turn his phone off. And if he turns his phone off, it's only going to show me where he was last time. So it, it doesn't even mean anything, honestly. But the fact that like he left for the house and just didn't say where he was going is strange. Just for like safety reasons, like God forbid something happens, don't you want to know where your significant other is? I, I don't know. I'm just that's a question I'm asking. I don't know. Like sometimes Robbie's like, oh like I'm going to like whenever Robbie like has a new client or goes to their house, if like it's a house client, he'll say, um like oh my second should only be 30 minutes. Like if I don't text you after that, I'm like, call. like it's obviously a joke, but like seriously. So I don't understand how you just every morning for, or you don't usually know where your husband is, your fiance, whatever you're, you've been dating for over a decade. There's no reason, you know, have a nice day, honey. Okay. I'm going here. Like, or I'll be running around doing errands today. Like you just don't know. 
You haven't talked all day, text once to say, bring milk home? Like, Robbie and I don't have, like, conversations all day, but, like, I might say something to him or send a funny meme. Instagram, you're not DMing? You're not sending funny videos? Memes? Anything? Can I get a clue? Bueller? I don't know. I don't work. Kara, don't be stupid. Don't let him in. Just don't let him in. I think, I think that's ridiculous. Okay. I have to pee, so we're going to pause, and then we're going to be back with reality TV. Okay, and we're back with reality recap. All right, let's start. Okay, I'm going to start with Vanderpump. Because I haven't really been recapping a lot because I haven't really been liking the episodes. But it's not that I like this episode, but I had a lot of comments, let's say that, about this episode. So we find out, well, we found out at Brittany and Jax's wedding that I guess Katie and Schwartz are not legally married, whatever. They didn't do the paperwork. Schwartz lost it. Lisa Vanderbump didn't sign it. I don't know. Whatever. Everybody has an excuse. Whatever. Anyway, they're not legally married. So they decide, oh, excuse me, I guess to go to Vegas for their second wedding to make it legal or whatever. And Kristen obviously is not invited because her and Katie are no longer on a good page, which whatever. So it's Stassi and Bo, uh, Katie and Schwartz, Tom, Sandoval and Ariana. Who else? Who else? Who else? Max was invited, I guess, because he works for them. And like, honestly, I'm living proof that you can get really close to the people you work with. Um, I've become friends with a lot of people I work with, so it's not actually unbelievable. Um, I said Brittany and Jax? Yeah. I don't know if I did. Whatever. So yeah, that was really the group. And then obviously, um, Lisa, Ken, and Jiggy. They all go. They get married. Again, they sign the paperwork. Stassi is obviously pointing hints at Bo, even though this, that's another thing that's very annoying, even though I, I understand it because I've been there, but like, you're like, what is, even though I don't understand it because I was, I've been with Robbie for seven years. She's been with Bo for like two years. So it's like, chill. He doesn't need to propose to you right now. But I guess also when you're older, it happens quicker, whatever. That was no shade. She's just a little old. She's in her 30s. I think she's like 31, 32. Um, so, yeah. She's throwing hints. Like, she kept saying, like, I don't have a ring, Bo. It's like, we get it, Stassi. And it's coming. And I feel like she knew it was coming. Because Stassi's actually not a very good actress. And it's like, it's kind of cringeworthy watching her this season. So I feel like she knows that it was coming. That's what I feel. Um, and so they do that and then they come back and what goes on? Okay. So they had the second wedding. Nothing really happened. Wait, no, something did happen. What did I want to talk? <gasps> Lisa put a bra, Lisa Vanderpump put to play a trick on Schwartz because she said he gets away with a lot. Put a bra in his suitcase, her bra. And Katie didn't know this. And when he pulled out the bra, she was just so caught. Like, she's like, whose bra is that? Like, there's no way that I could, me and Robbie, be going, one, to get married again. And him opening up his suitcase, taking it out, and finding a black lace bra in there that I know that's not mine. And us just going out to drinks afterwards the night before we're supposed to get married again. And sign the paperwork and now make it actually legal. There's going to be no, whose bra, I'm, first of all, I don't care whose bra it is. There's a bra on your thing. Get out. I'm going home. Lisa, pull up the jet. We're going back to Valley Village. Like, come on. Like, Katie is, it's so, it's actually sad. I, I And I hate to feel sad for her because she's actually a, a mean human being. But like, how is that okay? I don't understand. That was weird to me. And then when Lisa told her, she was like, oh, that's so funny. But it's like she didn't know that before. So you were fine with it even before Lisa told you. And then Lisa was like, oh, play a trick on him and be mad. It doesn't matter now. The moment's passed. She wasn't mad about it. So who cares? And then she like tried to be mad about it. And she's like, I don't know. But she's like smiling. She's like, I don't know if I can like marry you. And he's like, what, Bubba? It actually makes me mad because I call Robbie Bubs sometimes. And I hate saying it because I, I don't say it because of them. But it, 
I can't even enjoy saying that to him anymore because of them. And he's like, what, Bubba? And, like, fell on the bed. And, like, it, and then she was like, I'm just kidding. It's like, girl, you didn't even go through with it. Like, if you're going to go through with it, like, be like, pack your bags and get up and leave. She's, like, playing with hair or whatever, or playing with whatever dress she was going to put on. I don't know. It was stupid. I hate them as a couple. And, yeah, let's move on. What else happened? Oh, so Dana has, I actually really like Dana. I like Dana and Danica, the two new girls. People say they like Charlie. Her confessionals are funny, but, like, her out in the group doesn't fit. She can go for me and she doesn't eat pasta. That's weird. Um, so, but Dana and Danica, I really like them. I would like to see them. And I think we should get rid of Kristen and I could really go without Jackson, Brittany, if we're being honest. Um, and I think we should incorporate, um, Danica and Dana. They're both gorgeous girls and I really like them. And I think they're funny. They fit in well with the group. And they're like, you know why Lala doesn't like them? Because she's intimidated by them. And they're also blonde and beautiful and bombshells. And she's she's getting older. You know, young, younger, older women don't like younger women. It's just a fact. Um, so Dan, uh, Dana is very open um, about how her, mo- her mom's passing and how close she was with her mom. And her and her mom had the same birthday. So it's she says her birthday is actually very difficult for her. Since the season has started, Sheena has literally made it clear that she doesn't actually even really like Danica. I mean, I'm um, sorry, Dana. And they're trying to, like, start a friendship, kind of, sort of, whatever. But, like, in their confessionals, all they do is talk shit about each other. So they're not really friends. They're just pretending for a storyline. Um, so Sheena comes over to Dana's house and she's like, oh, you know, she they're talking about what's been going on the past few days. And then she's like, I wanted to give you, like, a birthday gift it's like this medium or this psychic or something for you to meet with your mom. And like literally Dana's face is like, her eyes are literally like bulged open, like a cartoon character. Like she's actually thrown off guard and she's kind of, you can see she's getting worked up and she's like, I I just don't think that's a good idea. And it's like, then Sheena starts crying. She's like, that's something I just wanted to give to you or whatever. But let me just say this. And this, I know like it's reality told, but sometimes it gets real. And I, I appreciate Dana sharing this with us and like is something that's very personal Sheena I I don't know what to I feel like she's an opportunist she's not my favorite person and like for me it's like you make it clear that you really actually don't like this girl you think she's like you think she's slutty you feel like you can't trust her because of the max and breath thing but then you want to do this sentimental thing for her like I can't put my finger on it but like what is the issue like what is it here is this sentimental or are you trying were you trying to break her you know what that's what I don't like because it's like literally a scene before that you were talking to Charlie and Danica about her uh, how you feel about her and it wasn't really nice things so I can't understand how you're trying to do this sentimental thing for her about her mother and it's like there's one thing that people don't play about and it's about their families and like I don't know how I feel about Sheena I hope it wasn't like that she did Sheena did start to cry and say she like this is something she wanted to do for her but then she lied because Dana was like well were you gonna ask me or was this something you were like is the girl here just gonna she's like no no no, she's not here I was gonna text her to come and then Sheena goes to leave and the girl's downstairs and Dana can hear them talking so she's like Sheena, you said, like, you actually lied. So, for me, it's like, you guys aren't that close to friends. It's not something you do. That's something you offer. But, like, you could have said, I have this really good medium or psychic or whatever it was. And, like, she's been, she really helped my mom because she said her mom, when um, Dana kind of called her out, she's like, you don't know what it's like to lose a parent. And she was a little snappy with her, but, like, I think it was fine. I didn't find a problem with it. I, I would have punched, I honestly would have punched Sheena in the face. So, I think Dana was very calm. Um, so, the way Sheena should have presented it, if it was real with what, what she was trying to do and she was really trying to give her a great gift, she should have said, I have this amazing medium that my mother has used because she lost her mother. And I would love to give you her number to get in contact with her for you and your sister. That's the way she should have done it. Now, I'm going to sit here with you. You don't even like Dana. You didn't know her mother. This is not, you're not friends. This is not something that you should be, why would she want you there? It just rubbed me the wrong way about Sheena. And that's what I mean. Like she wants us to feel sorry for her, but then she does something like this. And I can't tell if it was conniving or was sentimental. And I don't, and I don't know how to feel, but I don't like it. I didn't feel it was real. I didn't like it. I didn't feel it was genuine. Let me say that. It felt, it felt played. Okay. 
moving on. So the Witches of WeHo, whatever, had um, an event. And Kristen makes it seem like she's the only one who's set up. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know how it works. Um, Sassy literally wants nothing to do with anything. And she really wasn't even helping. She was literally standing there drinking wine. I mean, I, I wasn't mad at it. So this is how I feel. And I'm just going to deep dive into this real quick and just say how I feel. Because I am a big Sassy fan. I love Sassy, but I can call her out when she's being wrong. The way her and Katie are treating Kristen, I'm on the cusp of it because I understand what it's like to have a friend in a relationship. They know it's not good. You know it's not good and they're not really being honest with you. I get that annoyance being that friend. I also know what it's like to be in a relationship and know that it's not good want to get out of it but there's so, you're not ready to yet there, and, and this is my thing and I tell people this all the time I told my one I had a I have one of my best friends went through this and I remember she said that one of her friends just couldn't like she just would be like I don't want to talk about this guy and I'd be like I don't want to do that to you because I've been there and I know you need an outlet and I would rather you come to me get to vent and I'll just be that for you but there are certain times like I could be that friend for her, but there are certain friends where, like, i just been like, I don't want to hear it anymore. So it, it just depends on the person, and I get that. So I get both sides of it. What I don't think is real with this Kristen Sassy fight, I don't know what Katie's mad about. I think she's just following Sassy. I don't think, I think Sassy is annoyed with Kristen about the Carter thing. But I also think Sassy has grown from season one to this season. She really has grown as a person for the better. And I think Kristen is still in a place that Stassi used to be and she doesn't want to be in that place anymore. And sometimes friendships just, you grow apart. It doesn't mean that you don't love that person or you don't want to have that person in your life. But it's also like you can't because I feel like I can't move forward because you're hindering me from moving forward. I feel like that's Stassi's dilemma. And then on top of that, because she is trying to move forward and away from Kristen, we know their background history and they have a lot of baggage. Let's not forget Kristen sleeping with Jax. This is what I pointed out to my friend Janae. We were texting about it. This is why I feel Stassi has such a trigger. Bo and Kristen were friends before Stassi, before he started dating Stassi. And Stassi knows that. Kristen keeps bringing that up. She's like, why can't you talk to me, Bo? Because... Because Sassy doesn't want you to or whatever, whatever. You were friends before. We were friends before that, blah, blah, blah. You were friends before that, Kristen. That is a trigger for Sassy. And it has nothing to do with her not being able to trust Bo. It's just, listen, we all have insecurities and we all have things that trigger us. That could be Sassy's trigger. And in my opinion, I don't think she's been honest with Bo about that. But I think if she would be honest with Bo about that, he would choose Sassy over Kristen 100%. Because no one, if you really love the person you're with and that's someone you're serious about, you never do anything to make them feel uncomfortable. And if being around Kristen, even though it has nothing to do with thinking Bo will cheat on her, it's just the fact that it makes her uncomfortable. Kristen has slept with her boyfriend before. With someone who she thought, yes, they were younger than, but like for her, that's something that probably that's a boundary. And she's just like, you know, what? I'm having flashbacks. This doesn't work for me. I don't want her in my life anymore. And she shouldn't be in my boyfriend's life. I don't care that they were friends before. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I can understand it and I can justify it as a woman who feels like sometimes there are just people that shouldn't be in your life and your significant other should understand that. Especially if they've done such bad things as Kristen. I feel like Bo should be able to be like, yeah, you're right. She Like, go. let's go back to all the terrible things Kristen has done. No one should really want... No, she, And again, you can grow and you can move, but I don't think Kristen has. And I think that's why no one really wants them... Wants her a part of their life. So, I... But I just think the issue that I have with Stassi is the one, the way she's handling it, because she's not being honest. They're making it seem like it's about, she's making it seem like it's about Kristen's relationship with Carter, and that is not the case. So you need to be honest, and you need to say, Kristen, we've just outgrown this friendship. I no longer want you in my life. I have no hatred towards you, but we just need to let this go and be in the past and move on. And that's what it should be. And that's my recap of Vanderpump. It's not really even a recap. It's just the way I feel about things. Okay. 
Uh, let's do, let's do, uh, Beverly Hills real quick. This is all I have to say. I'm, I need this Erica and, uh, Garcelle friendship to thrive. I love Garcelle. I think that Erica is very comfortable with her and sharing things with her because she hasn't been that open with, um, a lot of ladies. The tears with Erica do feel a little forced this last episode, but I think it's because of the backlash, she, not the backlash, but the feedback and the comments that she's gotten about how she's not really open and doesn't share her life. And I think she's trying to, but I feel like Erica is a tough cookie, but every tough cookie has a breaking point. And I feel like her family and her son are things that make her cry. And I think that's why she doesn't talk about it. Because if the only things that have made her cry is where they said, what was that thing about Eileen? And she said something like, you don't know what I go through every night about, I guess, because her son's a cop and that's really hard for her. Um, you know, to think about her son and what might happen. You don't know, you know, if you never know honestly, with someone being in law enforcement. So I think those are things. I think her her mom, her life in the past, her relationship with Tom and her son, those are things that she guards and she's secretive about. I don't think it's her hiding and not sharing. I think when some women don't like to show that they're vulnerable. And I just don't think, I think that's why Erica doesn't talk about those things. I'm glad that she is good. It looks like she is going to talk about those things. Um, this season, but I also don't want it to be forced. If it's not something you want to talk about, I'm fine with you patting the puss and um, being mean and shady and seeing your outfits with Mikey in the closet. I'm fine with that because I don't want forced tears. Um, but I do like her. I see her and Garcelle having a nice friendship, very Kyle and Teddy-like, but we like it. But I'll like it because I can't stand Kyle and Teddy's friendship. Um, so I did like that. Um, what else happened? Oh, they... I'll give Dorit and PK a plus for talking about their money problems because, you know, we'll never hear about Kyle and Mauricio's money problems and their lawsuits. So, I mean, I give them credit for talking about they They kind of danced around it, but, you know, it is what it is. They gave us a little more than Beverly Hills usually gives us about money problems. So I did like when um, the the camera guy was talking to her and he in her confessional and he was like, Dorit, because they moved and now the house is only in Dorit's name. And he was like, why is the house only in your name? And she was like, is that an issue? He was like, well, why isn't it you and PK's name? And she goes, is your house and you and your wife's name? And he literally didn't respond. Because this is one thing I will say. That question was very rude because there's probably a lot of men that buy houses and it's just their name and their wives aren't in it. Think of all the wives that get kicked out of houses when when their husbands are done with them and they want to bring in a new wife. So what, it, I mean, yes, they do have money problems, but there should be no issue. Dory obviously has the money. It's her husband's money problem. It's like with Karen Huger, like she was like, it's my husband. He's, he's the one with the tax problems, not me. It's like, that's not on me. Yes, it's your significant other, but like, that's his name that has nothing to do with me. And sometimes that's why it's good to keep things separate. And it really makes me think about the life me and Robbie are going to go into. Now, financially, you have to be smarter and maybe don't have everything together because God forbid, if one of you goes down, you want some backup. So maybe if they don't have things together, it's better because now Dorita has this house. This is her house. It cannot be taken unless she's doing shady things like her husband. But if she's not, then they're good and they're safe um, to stay in their home. So I thought that was, I like that little um, quick shade she threw back right there. Uh, they didn't really answer any questions from, I mean, we know what's going on. He's bankrupt. He has no money. And now his wife's making all the money on Housewives and uh, Beverly Beach. So thank God for her, right? Um, oh, Teddy. Teddy needs to go. Teddy needs to go. She's just a Debbie Downer. And she doesn't really bring anything to the show besides her dad being John Mellencamp. And honestly, who really cares? I don't. Um, and didn't he break up? And didn't she break up? Didn't he break up with Meg Ryan? So it's like at this point, if Meg Ryan's not gonna be on the show, I don't want it. Um, she write that she wrote that email to all of them. And if you have to announce how much you don't care about something, you obviously care. So just say, like, guys, I would love for you to come. If you can't, I understand. But it would really mean a lot for me if all of you could come and see what I do. That should have been the email. Not, but if you can't come, I don't care. Come, don't come. I don't care. It, 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 stop saying you don't care because you obviously do. You're obviously upset about it. So, like, be honest, Teddy. That's why no one likes you. Ugh. and I hate Sutton I don't even want to talk about her I actually hate her she can't dress her face is ugly all that money go get a facelift call Kris Jenner call Kylie Jenner call one of them get one of their people in there 
And like Lisa Rinna upping her, like she's rich. She's rich. She's worth $2 million. She's broke as hell, please. That's not rich. Honestly, $2 million in Beverly Hills is nothing. It, it really, and I'm not, I mean, I have no money. I'm, my net worth is zero, but like $2 million in Beverly Hills, nothing. That's why Erica doesn't like it because she's like, you have money. But like they say, money talk, wealth whispers. Mm. Sip on that. And that's how I leave that. Sutton is nothing but a pig with lipstick. So. Mm -hmm. Take that how you want it. She just don't like her. Okay. Let's wrap it up with my girls in NYC. Real Housewives of New York, they're only on episode three. And let me tell you, they are TV gold. They are giving us what we need in this quarantine. They are hilarious. I have never laughed so hard for um, during a Housewives episode. I honestly mean that. From beginning to end, I was hysterical. Like tears. Tears. That's how hard I was laughing. The tiki torches with Leah throwing them everywhere, jumping in the pool. The Three Stooges, Tensley, um, Sonia, oh, excuse me, and um, Leah were the three, um, those are the real Trace Amigas, Real Housewives of um, Orange County sit down. That's what we need. They are hilarious. I would watch a show. They need to put those three in a car on a road trip. I would watch it for days. Um, Ramona is so rude, so rude. But she told Leah, like, you didn't put um, silver on the table. She is not your maid. And she actually literally had someone there to help her so why she was making the women clean and like put things away and stuff like that I didn't understand it because it was obviously that there were people there to clean up and put things out so why you're making me do this extra work I don't understand even Dorinda had to call her out she was like when you come to my house like, I don't ask you to do things and it's like honestly it's kind of true like especially when you have money like you're not a regular person you're not inviting someone to your house and they have to like wash their own dish it's not like family it's like you're hosting us for the weekend yes I mean I'm not I mean they tore, they ruined her home and they left a dildo in the pasta but still um besides that like I, you have enough money to hire a cleaning crew I don't need to do this this is above my pay grade honestly like that that I'm not doing that that's not no I don't do that. I hire people to do that. Like, don't know. If I was them, I wouldn't do it either. Me being poor, I would. But if I was one of them, I would never. Also, I don't know where I've been. I did not realize Sonia was married to someone, a part of the J.P. Morgan family. I don't know why that never clicked for me. I don't know what rock I've been living under. I'm actually ashamed to say that I didn't know this. Because I thought Leah was trying to be funny when she said the J.P. Morgan thing. And literally, Robbie and I were in bed last night. And I Googled it and I literally go, oh shit. And he goes, what? And I was like, nothing. It was just a housewife thing. Like I literally had to Google it because I was like, was that a joke or what? Is it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I didn't know that, but I did. So learn something new every day, don't you? Um, I love Leah. I just want to put that out there. And then the last thing, Sonia and Tinsley getting so, my phone goes, Sonia and Tinseltown. That's what I have in my phone. Um, Sonia and Tinsley getting so mad about, Leah telling them to move on shows how they cannot move on. And it's actually really sad because the trophy wife thing is so triggering to the both of them, which means they were trophy wives. And like, I don't get the problem with it. Um, but it's sad because they can't, I think it's the reason why both of them are in the situations they are in. I mean, I don't know how long Scott and Tinsley will last. I hope it lasts long, but it shows of how they can't move on to new men and new relationships and new points in their lives because they're so stuck in the past and like her Sonia with her family crest with trying to use the Morgan family crests and things like that it's like you yes your last name like you can keep it like when you get divorced like obviously no one a lot of people don't go back and change their name that's not really a thing but for you to still feel like you have a connection to that name is and it's something that you can't move on from you have to there's no reason to be stuck in this bubble. And that's why usually men move on and women don't because they're so emotionally attached to things. That's why it's harder for women to move on and start a new family because they can't, they still can't, like how long has Sonya not been with this man? It's like she still can't get over that she's not with him and that her life is not the same anymore. Um, 
So I feel bad for them in that sense, but it's really sad. And Tinsley, honey, you definitely were a trophy wife and there's nothing wrong with that. And like, what are you going to be with Scott? And what businesses does Tinsley have? She kept saying, I have businesses. I need to Google this. I don't know what, I had Tinsley Mortimer. What, what has she done? Oh, she's a Leo. That explains a lot. That's why I like her. Wait, she has another job? I'm going to Google career. Tinsley Mortimer career. Early in her career, Mortimer worked as a beauty assistant at Vogue. That's why she liked eyelashes. And an event planner for Harrison and Schiffman. Oh, she did have handbags. That was her Gossip Girl days. I when she did Gossip Girl and did that cameo for Jenny Humphrey. Season one, episode uh season two, episode one at the uh white vitamin water party in the Hamptons. Yes, yes, yes. I remember things. Oh, she did write Southern Charm. Does Tinsley have a job? Socialite, business person, stylist, TV personality. So no, Tinsley does not have a job. So wait, what is this? How is Tinsley going to relate to Thomas Jefferson? Oh, wow. She is related to Thomas Jefferson. On her mother's side, it was related to James Madison and Patrick Henry on her dad's side. Yeah, Tinsley's money is long. That's all I have to say about that. Um, and I would hope to hold one piece, one piece of coin, just a little dollar, rip a dollar in half. I'd be fine with that. A quarter, a penny, a nickel, a dime. I'm just naming things. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Jane Nolaism. Thank you again for listening. It's not like you guys have anything else to do. So make sure you are following me on Instagram at Jane Nolaism, or you can follow my personal account, Jasmine Nola. I'm also posting on the blog a lot more, which is Jasmine Nola at WordPress. So yeah, make sure to share, follow, and always don't forget to leave comments and let me know what you guys think. All right, until next week, guys, stay safe.